everyone, and welcome to Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. It's another Well-Being Wednesday here at Consumers Energy, and I'm your host, Bill Krieger. Today, my guest is Megan Mitchell. She's the communications specialist for the VFW National Home for Children. So, Megan, if you'd introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. Hi, everyone, and thanks, Bill, for having me. Um, Like Bill said, I am the communications specialist here at the VFW National Home for Children, and uh, we are a a fairly small team, so there's a lot of different hats that we all wear here. Um, So as the communications specialist, I obviously do a lot of speaking engagements on behalf of the home. Um, I handle all of our social media. Um, I handle our website and our store, manage inventory for any of our souvenir and apparel sales. And I also um, do quite a bit with the events that we have here on campus um, and some events that we have off campus. So there's a lot of different things that we all do here and uh, we're a very close-knit group um, that care about veterans. So it doesn't sound like you just do communications, right? It's a lot of (laughs) other um, cool stuff that goes on. What, What brought you to the National Home? Yeah, um, so I ended up moving to the Lansing area when my husband began uh, his doctorate degree at um, MSU. And so we ended up in the Lansing area and I had been working for a sales company that um, kind of was doing some reorganization. And um, when that position that I had was eliminated, Uh, I was looking for something, uh, I have my degree in communications from the University of Michigan Flint, and when I heard about the National Home, I was just so drawn to the mission of this place, and um, those of you that can get out here and take a visit, you really need to see the place. It's just this beautiful complex of two-story brick homes, white picket fences, American flags flying in every yard. It's just this beautiful slice of Americana. Um, so I was hooked as soon as I came here for an interview. It's a really beautiful place. And we're sitting in the education center and I'm looking out the window and it's just as Megan described. There are American flags. Uh, there is a memorial garden off to my right. Uh, the the uh, buildings are absolutely beautiful and we're going to talk a little bit about the history of it. So these buildings aren't new but they are still just amazing to look at. And so uh, I want to go back to something you said, though. I heard husband, Michigan State University, and then I heard you, University of Michigan, Flint. (laughs) This must have been a very difficult weekend for your home. Um, Actually, he has converted me to being a Michigan State fan. Um, My parents, however, have not uh, gotten on that train. So, yeah, we definitely had a house divided last weekend, but it was good. It was good that we won. Sounds like a discussion for another podcast. That might take (laughs) another hour or so to go. So let's talk a little bit about the National Home. It's been here for quite some time, back in the 20s, right? Isn't that when it was founded? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, This place was established in 1925. And uh, as you can imagine, over 96 years of history, there is a lot of stuff that has changed about the place. But what remains true is that we are dedicated to uh, veterans and veteran families and really the betterment of their lives and helping them give their children a stable home life. Um, So in the 20s, when we were established, there weren't a lot of social safety nets available in society. And so the home was first envisioned as a safe place for the widows of World War I veterans to bring their children and to raise them and give them uh, you know, a typical American childhood. So when this place was built, 
they were early American architecture designs, all of these beautiful two-story brick homes with fireplaces and um, that was kind of that first generation of buildings here were really focused on the families participating in that program and they would live here uh, for their entire childhoods. So the children would be here all the way through until they graduated from high school. And then sometimes the mothers would have other children whose parents couldn't care for them that would come and live here. They were called house mothers and they would raise other people's children here at the national home. And so uh, it started in 1925, but there's a couple of things that happened. One, it sounds like the property was donated by somebody, but the other thing is that the, the seed money or the money to begin running it uh, came from the 1922 World Series. Can we talk about that? Because that's kind of interesting to me. Yeah, the, the 1922 World Series actually rained out and was canceled. Uh, and all of the money from that uh, was donated to this blossoming idea of this VFW National Home uh, in Michigan. Uh, the original idea for this uh, home was a woman named Amy Ross, who was in the Detroit area. Uh, she really saw a need in our society for safety nets for these widows uh, who, if their you know, husband passed away, there weren't any resources. Um, available for them to fall back on when the main breadwinner and their family passed away. So she kind of had this idea and she brought it to the uh, head of the uh, Department of VFW Department of Michigan and the governor of Michigan at the time was involved. And then there was this millionaire cattleman named Corey Spencer and he donated the original chunk of land, which is why we're here in Eaton Rapids. And at the time it was a completely working dairy operation and there was a small wood frame farmhouse and that is where the very first family in 1925 moved into. And the money uh, that Bill was mentioning that seeded this place from the World Series has been used you know, in those early years to really get this place up and running. And so we open up in 1925, we start putting some houses in, we start serving some families and then the stock market crashes in 1929 and I see that the place is still here so it sounds like we've survived some things. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the resiliency of this program? Absolutely. If it weren't for the dedication of the VFW and auxiliary members, um, you know, we wouldn't have been able to weather that storm. We had an excellent early board of directors and they um, you know, were able to get enough support across the nation for this fledgling operation really and get us through those tough times. Um, and then as you can imagine, after World War II, there was a big influx of need for a program that helped serve military and veteran families. And so really there was an outpouring of support and love during those years that really uh, more buildings were built here, more homes were built. And um, that's kind of that second generation of uh, people that came into our program. I know after World War II, um, that was, there were a lot of veterans that came home from there. How many houses are on the property? And I hear that each one is, is taken care of by a different state. How does all that work? Yeah, we have 42 homes here on campus. And each of the homes are sponsored and maintained by individual VFW departments. Um, and their auxiliaries or posts. Um, we have a couple homes on campus that are outside of that, but the majority of them are 
um, sponsored and maintained by VFW and auxiliary organizations. And um, if you drive through our campus, you'll see plaques on each of the buildings that'll say, you know, Tennessee House or New Hampshire. And that is the, um, the organization that supports that home is based in that state. So Megan, I've heard the home called lots of different things and it depends on who you talk to, but I've uh, heard things like uh, the orphanage out in Eaton Rapids, which really kind of piqued my interest. So where did that come from? And it doesn't sound like that's really true that it's an orphanage. It sounds a little different. So can you talk to that? I think a lot of that is originating from the fact that when we were established in 1920s, um, we were often referred to as the VFW National Home for Widows and Orphans. And that was really because the children that lived here with their mothers, their, their father had passed away, so they were, they were orphans in that sense. And then we did have children that later on would come to live with those house mothers that either their parents were disabled or ill and couldn't care for them, or sometimes they were orphans. Um, and they lived here with, uh, under the care of a house parent. And that kind of became what we referred to as our residential program. And we had children participating in that program all the way up until about 2012. Um, we've had a lot of different eras, uh, you know, over the 96 years. And in the 70s, uh, we did have um, more of a um, foster type situation where the national home was the legal guardian of the children that lived at the home if they weren't here with a parent. And so um, we did have staff members that would live in houses as well that were called house parents and they would care for the children. Um, we had a very mixed uh, population on campus, but as we moved closer to the 2000s, there were a lot less children participating in that program. It was becoming a lot more common for um, grandparents or aunts and uncles to care for these children, and the need for the home to kind of be this legal guardian was just not really there anymore. And we were looking at how we could stay the most relevant and uh, in 2012 is when we officially changed the eligibility requirements for our program to include um, veteran families. So both mom and dad and the kids could come live here. Prior to that, there was a much bigger focus on single parents and their children. And so in 2012 on, we have about 50% of our population that are single parents and 50% of our population that are couples, and we have no children living here without a parent. So it sounds to me like part of the resiliency of this program is its ability to be agile and shift focus as things change for the people coming in. So with all of that said, you know, I was talking to my son the other day. He went to Leslie Schools, graduated in 2007, and he was saying that he had several friends that had actually lived here at the National Home while he was in school. Uh, so it sounds like uh, throughout the years, there have always been people here. It's maybe changed what those families look like. Um, so I was really kind of curious, uh, you know, at any given time about how many people or families are here uh, on campus. Yeah, in recent years, we typically have about 189 residents at a time. Uh, we have 42 homes here, and they're all single-family homes, so we can accommodate 42 families at a time. Um, typically, about 80 to 90 of those residents are children. 
Uh, right now we're a little bit lower because of COVID, but uh, we are definitely starting to have families move back into the homes and we are excited for uh, the future of the home as we move through this pandemic and are able to bring in and help even more veteran families. Well, and I know uh, from just kind of looking at some of the, the work that uh, the home has done, that with a lot of people all at once returning from places like Afghanistan and some of the other uh, places we've deployed, I would, I would assume that you're probably gonna see an uptick from that as well. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that is something that in the future of the home that we're really wanting to focus on is making sure that we are at the forefront of uh, researching what is best for veteran communities, for veteran families participating in our program, and uh, making sure that we are able to be the answer to these veterans who are coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq and are looking for uh, a place that they can kind of get a reset for their life and really focus on um, building their family back up. So I think the future looks bright here at the National Home and for our veterans. You know, Megan, we're getting close to the end of the podcast, but before we go, is there anything that you would like to share with the audience? I would just like to encourage everyone to check us out on social media. You can visit us on YouTube at youtube.com slash VFWNHC. We have a ton of our resident testimonial videos on there. You can see virtual tours of the houses and of campus in general. We've got a really cool video on the history of the home and the first family that came to live here. Um, so there's a lot of great resources on there if you're interested in learning more. Um, also, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash VFWNHC. And check us out on our website at vfwnationalhome.org. If you know of anyone who would be a good fit for our program that could really use something like the VFW National Home for Children, we encourage you to refer them to vfwnationalhome.org slash help or have them call our helpline at 800 313-4200 and that is manned by our caring helpline staff Monday through Friday and they will help you to determine eligibility. Thank you so much for that Megan and it sounds like we are all over social media so if someone wants to find the National Home they can um, which is really uh, really good news. Also uh, we have an event coming up at Consumers Energy it's our annual Veterans Day event where uh, many of our coworkers who are members of our employee resource group will be donating items for your Santa shop. Is that right? Awesome, yes. Okay, so look forward to bringing that, all that st good stuff out here uh, to you and the team, uh, getting prepped for Christmas and the holidays. Uh, again, if anyone is interested in donating time or money or resources, uh, please reach out to any of those social media channels as well as calling the home itself and talking with someone here on the phone. Yeah, and if you would like to do that, our main line is 517-663-1521. That's 517-663-1521. All right, excellent. Uh, hope that your phone starts ringing off the hook. That'll be good, uh, good for you. Yeah. All right. Thanks again, Megan, for taking the time out to talk with us. I look forward to talking again soon. Thank you, Bill. And a big thank you to the audience for listening in today. Remember, we can be found on all major podcasting platforms, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And now you can check us out on Facebook at Me, you, Us Podcast. 
where you'll find out all the latest information about the podcast, including the newest episodes and previous episodes that you may have missed. So be sure to go out to at Podcast on Facebook, like and follow our page, and you'll get all the latest information. And as always, join us every Wellbeing Wednesday as we talk about the things that impact your personal well-being.